this political coliseum, we slay the rising beast with the fateful sword of truth that transcends hypocrisy and censorship. It's time to unleash yourself from the tyrants of media propaganda on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. Welcome to Unleashed, the political news hour. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson, and it's been a pretty crazy week, folks. I'm here to report uh, on some of the events that have happened just in the last few days and uh, in the last week. First, I want to ask you a few questions. I want you to ponder these questions. How deep and wide is the swamp? You've all heard of the swamp. Donald Trump refers to the swamp and the need to drain the swamp. We've heard that bandied back and forth now for quite some time. You know, there's a reason why they call it Foggy Bottom in Washington. It's a very low-lying area with some pretty low-lying individuals who populate Foggy Bottom. So how deep and wide is the swamp? How far have the traders gone? And how far will they go to subvert our republic? How much has the left done to prevent Trump from winning the last election? How far have they gone to keep him from serving as the people's choice for president? Let's unleash the truth, folks, and find out. My friends, the nation is on the edge of a precipice. I'm sure you can feel it. I'm sure you can sense it. Even if you listen to the mainstream media, which I don't recommend, the nation is on the edge of a precipice. We have a farcical legal system, a system that has arrested Donald Trump four times, tried to keep him off the ballot in several states. They've accused him of insurrection, which is a joke because, you know, the Revolutionary War was an insurrection. The Civil War was an insurrection. These are armed combatants who tried to overthrow a government or a king. That's called an insurrection. What we had was a protest in Washington that was peaceful until Capitol Police started lobbing explosive grenades and tear gas into the peaceful crowd. And that ticked people off enough so that a small riot uh, began or ensued. And among the crowd were embedded some FBI people and probably some Antifa and BLM people dressed as Trump supporters, who instigated a riot, okay? A riot is not an insurrection. When have you ever seen an insurrection where the people are given a guided tour of the Capitol, okay? You're trying to overthrow, you say they're trying to overthrow the government. These people were allowed in, the gates were opened, the, the guards walked them around the Capitol, uh, nice little guided tour, 
they they heated the uh, velvet ropes um and uh you know they walked around they took a bunch of pictures they yelled maga a few times and they were all back at their hotels for happy hour does that sound like an insurrection to you so why is the government why is this administration hunting these people down and arresting them with trumped up charges of insurrection and you know now they fined Donald Trump more than $350 million. And yet they still have not indicted, this is interesting, they still have not indicted a single Jeffrey Epstein client. Where are all the clients of Jeffrey Epstein? Where's the client list? How come they're not being investigated? How come they're not being arrested? How come they're not in jail instead of these hapless peaceful protesters who maybe got a little worked up because they were having explosive grenades thrown at them. And what else has the left done? What else have they done to subvert our republic? They unleashed a bioweapon. They shut down the economy, except for big corporations. Once SARS-CoV-2 was unleashed, the economy was shut down. The bottom half of the economy was basically locked down, shut down, and many of these small businesses, which employ more than half the nation, did you know that? Small businesses employ more than half our country. Many of these small businesses went out of business. They ruined people's lives and livelihoods. They completely controlled the medical system, and they forced certain treatments. Many of them turned out to be harmful or deadly. Where's the recourse? Where's the ability to sue? They blocked alternative treatments that worked. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have been proven to work better than the vaccines, but yet they pushed a very expensive vaccine program that only made the big pharmaceutical companies rich and the politicians who are uh, funded and backed and whose campaigns are often supported by these big companies and uh, the media who gets 70% of its advertising revenues for pharmaceutical companies, you can hardly turn the television on without seeing a pharmaceutical ad for some new drug every three minutes. So you can tell where their bread is buttered. Of course, they're going to push the vaccine that, that's presented by the big pharmaceutical companies. Now, what else happened? They blocked alternative treatments that worked. I just said that. They didn't report the deadly and damaging adverse effects of the vaccines. They started riots in our streets using the planted minions. Now, this is all during COVID, okay? Everybody's locked down, and uh, there are riots in the streets with BLM, and Antifa, and they're burning our cities down, and these people were never charged with insurrection, were they? Were they? Nobody burned anything down on January 6th, yet they were charged with insurrection. What what else did the left do? What else did the, 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 the what else did these evil people do? They actively censored social media, and it's been proven now that once Biden got in office, 
they reached out and they embedded themselves along with the FBI and probably the CIA. They embedded themselves in major social media companies and they used their leverage and their force and their sway in these companies to shut down all dissenting opinions. They, any opinion about the vaccines, any opinion about COVID, any opinion about Barack Obama, any opinion about uh, Joe Biden. And they, they use these uh, thinly veiled uh, so-called fact checkers to shut people's accounts down. This is all proven now that they did this. They reached their hands in and they censored free speech. They also extended the voting period to more than just election day. Okay. Um, that started in 2020. And it's it, it's only continued in 2022. Um, it's now an election month in some cases. And they've created mail-in mail -in ballots. They created the whole mail-in ballot system. That used to be just for special cases when you, you were out of the country or you, you, couldn't, you couldn't be there or you were sick, okay? And you had to provide an excuse for why you needed a mail-in ballot. Now, anybody can request a mail-in ballot. It doesn't matter whether you can make it to the poll or not. Get a mail-in ballot. And by the way, we'll print off another 100,000 or 200,000 or 5 million uh, and uh, we might fill them out ourselves and put them in the drop boxes. They invented these mail-in ballot uh, systems and drop boxes to cheat in elections. Why would you not want in-person voting only on election day with voter ID, with paper ballots? Why would you not want that? The only reason you would not want that is if you wanted to cheat in elections. And now they've been lobbying all these lawsuits. We call it lawfare, not warfare, lawfare. It's a war using twisting of the law. And they've been lobbying all these lawsuits at Donald Trump. They've taken our nation to the brink of war in Ukraine and Israel. And they've caused the uh, Russia-Ukraine war in large part. They may have even caused the Israel and a Gaza war, too. I mean, we don't know what's been instigated in that situation, but we don't know yet anyway. But we do know that Russia has been egged on into this situation with Ukraine, at least for the last 10 years, maybe more. They blamed Russia for everything. And now we have Russia hoax 2.0 to make Putin look like the boogeyman once again. There's so much fake news, folks. I can't even begin to count it all. And now, the mysterious weather balloons are back in our airspace just in time for a cellular service outage. What is going on in our country? What's going on? That's right. We just had a major cell phone service outage this just this past week. It sure seems to me like it's a beta test for future outages. They blame this recent one on solar flares, which of course, nobody can prove. And, uh, you know, just like global warming, it cannot be verified. I would not be surprised if there was some breakdown of electronic communications as we get closer to the elections. So watch for cell phone and internet service or electrical grids 
to go down in this coming year. I mean, you, you could probably expect it. Now, um, I'm going to step away for a break in just a few moments. I've got about a minute left. Uh, and we're going to examine some of these issues in light of the nation that our founders gave us compared to what we're looking at now. You know, everybody keeps calling it a democracy. But this is not a democracy, folks. We live in a representative republic, not a democracy. That means we're almost never getting leaders better than we are, except via divine providence. So now we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss this stuff a little more. Um, listen to... Uh, our wonderful sponsors. We have wonderful sponsors on AmericaOutloud.shop and great products for your health, for your welfare, for your beauty, for your life. Uh, I mean, I mean, I use some of these products, Cofix RX, the nasal spray, the throat spray. Um, you know, there's a spike support formula um, from Dr. McCullough. Check those out. We're going to have some ads and we're going to come right back. Please stay with us. Cholesterol, blood pressure, blood sugar, inflammation, and weight. These are all real-world problems that 87% of Americans are struggling with. Fight back with Heal Right. Heal Right is a bar you eat, but it's food as medicine that addresses the nutritional root cause of health issues in just eight weeks. Take action today. Visit HealRight.com slash OutLoud or AmericaOutloud.shop and use the code OutLoud for 20% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to Unleashed, the political news hour. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson. Before we left for the break, um, I was asking the question, why does the progressive left have these policies of open borders? Uh, why do they have these destructive policies? We just saw the death of a young white 22-year-old nursing student, killed by an illegal immigrant, a crime of opportunity, horrible, violent crime. But why? Why are these policies in place? It's policy, folks. This is not an accident. Okay. People come flooding in, and the government bribes them with government handouts. Why? To cultivate future voters who are then easy to manipulate and control. Except the government has no money other than what is squeezed and confiscated by the fruits of our own citizens' labor. So in essence, we are unwillingly paying for our own replacements in society. And the best part is, when the government goes broke, and they always do, 
when they have these inflationary spending programs and fiat currencies, when the government goes broke, they appropriate, print, and borrow, and appropriate, print, and borrow more and more in an unending geometric spiral until we are all impoverished by inflation. And we all become indentured servants or dependents of the state. This is the path from democracy to tyranny. When governments figure out that they can bribe half the population with the other half's money, and then they find out that they can bribe, they can open the borders and bribe the illegals that come in with the other half's money as well. I call it the Great Replacement. When it became clear the progressive leftists were losing traction among their own voters, they opened the borders to bribe and cultivate new ones. And the population of cities where these new future voters are sent will reconfigure the political map and it will create more representatives in the House of Representatives, which is based on district populations, of course. So that seems to be the game plan. There's only one problem. Unlawful voting is a deportable offense. Okay. I, uh, I had this article come across my desk by a lawyer by the name of Ed Schulman. Um, it was posted in a publication called Immigration Law. And, you know, it was published about six years ago. But, it, you know, he's, he's absolutely correct about this. Only United States citizens are permitted to vote. Now, New York just lost a big case trying to let people, un illegal aliens, vote in local elections. New York lost the case. Fortunately, my friend Vito Fasella the uh, borough president of Staten Island and some of his other Republican friends. Yes, there are Republicans in New York, folks. I knew many of them when I was up there. Um, but kudos to Vito Fosella for standing up and protesting this attempt to get illegals to vote. And they won the case. Okay. Now, it's probably going to be appealed. We'll see. But under current immigration laws, non-U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, green card holders, undocumented immigrants, asylum seekers, and refugees are not eligible to vote in any federal, state, or local elections. In fact, it is actually a federal crime to do so, and there are extraordinarily harsh consequences for unauthorized voting. According to the Illegal Immigration Reform an Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996. Well, that's a mouthful. They call it the they call it the I I R I R A. The Illegal Immigrant Reformed and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996. It says, "quote Any alien who has voted in violation of any federal, state, or local constitutional provision." statute, ordinance, or regulation is deportable. The Board of Immigration Appeals confirmed this in a precedent decision 
finding that a non-citizen is removable under the Immigration and Naturalization Act, Section 237, Subsection A, Subsection 6, Subsection Capital A, regardless of whether the alien knew that he or she was unlawfully voting in violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 611A. So he's deportable whether he knew he was voting illegally or not. Matter of Fitzpatrick, 26 INN, December 559, BIA 2015. Sadly, there are very few options of relief for people in this situation. Now, this lawyer is apparently a liberal, okay? He's apparently a Democrat who feels sorry for the uh, people breaking our laws to come here, even when they vote. So he says, sadly, there are very few options of relief for people, even if the intended Im immigrant, the intending immigrant, has decades of legal precedence in the United States, no criminal record, and extensive family ties here. Given the seriousness of unlawful voting and its potential result in deportation, any non-U.S. citizen should thoroughly review and discuss their history and background with an immigration attorney. I guess this guy's an immigration attorney. Most of, the, most of those guys are liberals. I've known a few of them when I was in New York. And, you know, they want to stay in business, so of course they want the illegals. Um, especially before any type of immigration application is submitted to USCIS. Well, sometimes intending immigrants choose to complete their immigration applications on their own in order to save money. Regrettably, this can result in errors that can place immigrants at risk with harsh penalties. There are also occasions where green card holders are in situations where they're asked or encouraged to register to vote by election officials or governmental entities. Ah. So even in 2017, illegals were being approached and asked to vote, register to vote and vote. Well, we knew that. They're given driver's licenses and they're signing them up with voter registration right at the motor voter place. Okay? Inappropriate voter registration may occur in multiple settings, including at the DMV, he says, during the issuance of driver's licenses. Well, didn't I just say that? Oftentimes, the non-U.S. citizen might be accidentally, he says, lured into registering to vote or voting actually voting, because of motor voter. The federal law that directs some states to incorporate a voter registration option when accepting applications for driver's licenses and state identifications. Well, when I moved to Florida, I was asked if I wanted to register to vote when I got my new Florida driver's license. I was at motor vehicle. They didn't ask me if I was a U.S. citizen. They didn't ask me for proof of I, uh, you know, citizenship. All they asked me for was my former driver's license. So I had a New York driver's license, and I gave it to them, and they traded it in for a Florida driver's license, and they registered me to vote in Florida. Easy, right? Invariably, the accidental voter or registrant is led to the voter registration process by the blind robotics of the motor voter protocol. Well, blind robotics, how about the fact that they've got like, you know, McDonald's people working at the counter at the Division of Motor Vehicles? 
I mean, it's, you know, it's just, they're just there pushing paper. They need staff and, you know, I get it. Okay. Everybody needs a job, but, uh, you know, they're not required or trained to ask for proof of citizenship. Critically, part of the process of registering to vote is signing a form that confirms the fact that you're a U.S. citizen. So they don't ask for proof of citizenship. You just have to sign. Okay. Ignorance is not considered an excuse. And I'm sure, just like with uh, gun registration and, and uh, you know, uh, concealed carry license and all that kind of stuff, you know, people sign that say that they're not drug users. Well, we know even the president's son lied on his form. He lied on his application. Okay. He was a drug user. And uh, that would have prohibited him from owning a gun. But he got one anyway. So even if the individual is led to believe that they're eligible to register, it's up to the immigrant to educate themselves. So here we go. About the fact that they are disallowed the voting and registering privilege until they become a United States citizen. So it's up to the immigrant. Yeah, let's leave it up to these immigrants. These people have a, uh, they're lucky if they have a second or third grade education, some of them. They don't speak the language. Uh, you know, they're here illegally. Uh, what else could possibly go wrong? Claiming to be a U.S. citizen will make a person fall into a category of ground of inadmissibility for citizenship that is unwaivable, this liberal attorney says. So how can Democrats ever square what they're attempting with illegals right now against this seasoned piece of legislation from 1996, the IIRIRA, the Illegal Immigrant, no, the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act. You know, they name these things so nobody remembers what they are. Remember this, illegal immigrants can't vote. That's what the act said. Not allowed to vote. So lastly, I've got about seven minutes left. Uh, lastly, I'd like to know who Trump, I'm sure you, you would all like to know as well, who will Trump select as his vice president? Well, I was just in a lunch with uh, Roger Stone this week. And uh, you all know Roger Stone. He was advisor to President Trump. He was also advisor to Richard Nixon. And he was, uh, you know, a campaign advisor and political advisor to uh, 22, I believe, 22 other campaigns since Richard Nixon. Uh, Stone is a seasoned veteran of politics. And he's quite a brilliant man, despite what the media makes him out to be. In fact, he just recently, he said, uh, you know, during this whole thing where they tried to arrest him and they stormed his house, it created such a crisis in his life that he gave his life to Christ. And I believe him. He did do that. And uh, so this is another reason to get behind Roger Stone. Um, some people are kicking around the idea uh, of who Trump might select as his vice president. And Roger Stone uh, brought up the idea that, you know, maybe uh, Tulsi Gabbard, might be a VP choice for Donald Trump. 
Now, I raised an objection to that at the luncheon, and uh, Roger was very fair and balanced, and he said, you know, you know what, it, you make a very good point, Bruce, and uh, we're going to discuss it a little more. We're going to have coffee or dinner together sometime in the very near future and discuss it further, but I would like to offer some results that I shared with Roger a little bit from my considerable research on the subject conducted over the last 40 years. Okay. And this specifically Tulsi Gabbard, but it could apply to anybody else who's not eligible, including Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. I've uh, addressed these issues in former programs. Um, Ted Cruz is not eligible. John McCain was not eligible. Uh, Barack Obama was not eligible. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Kamala Harris, not eligible. And there's a few others too, Bobby Jindal. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is not a natural-born citizen of the United States, okay? Full stop. Under Article 2 of the United States Constitution, you have to be a natural-born citizen to serve as president, and the vice president is held to the same standards under the 16th Amendment, okay? Full stop. Tulsi Gabbard was born in Samoa. People born in American Samoa, which is a U.S. territory, are known as U.S. nationals. They pay U.S. taxes, they have American passports, but they can't vote or run for elected office outside of American Samoa unless they apply for and are granted U.S. citizenship. But even then, they are not natural-born citizens, so they can't run for elected office, office above senator or governor. Okay, they can be senators, they can be representatives in the House of Representatives. Uh, those uh, positions don't require someone to be a natural born citizen. But president and vice president do, and they are disqualified from doing so. Anybody from Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico um, is not a natural born citizen of the United States. The USCIS, that's the Immigration Handbook, okay, the Embassy Handbook and the Immigration Handbook, a uh, consulates uh, use this handbook. It says a person can become an American citizen in one of two ways, by birth or by naturalization. A person may be born a U.S. citizen either by jus soli, which is Latin. It means born on the soil. In other words, through the place of birth on the soil of the nation or by jus sanguinis. That's Latin, which means by blood. In other words, through descent from his or her parents. So you can inherit your citizenship from your parents, or you can uh, be born a U.S. citizen by the soil, according to USCIS. But here's the, here's the rub here. A natural-born citizen is not just a citizen. It's a special class of citizen, which is a stricter standard of citizenship held for only two offices in the United States, president and vice president. And the reason is loyalty and uh, the, the possibility of foreign influence could be so strong in those two positions that our founding fathers saw it in their infinite wisdom to uh, propose a higher standard for, uh, for uh, qualification for those offices. A natural born citizen is a special class of citizen who has both juice soli and juice sanguinis. Okay, so it's blood and soil, soil and blood. 
not just one. You have to have two parents that are American citizens at the time of your birth, and you have to be born on the soil of the nation. Now, Tulsi has two out of the three. Tulsi's parents were both American citizens at the time of her birth. But they had to apply with the Samoan consulate to make her a U.S. citizen. It's not automatic just because your parents are citizens when you're born on technically foreign soil. So she has jus sanguinis, but being born in Samoa, she had a, they had a, her parents had to prove that to let her be a citizen. But then being born in Samoa doesn't give her jus solis. She's not born on the soil of our nation because Samoa is not an incorporated territory of the United States. So this makes her a statutory citizen, not a natural-born citizen. And natural-born citizens are a special subset of citizens who are born on the soil of the 50 states to citizen parents who have no other loyalties to any foreign sovereignty or nationality. Being born on the soil strengthens the protection against possible foreign loyalties, and this is exactly what our founding fathers intended. A stronger check, as John Jay wrote to George Washington, against potential disloyalty in the office of our commander-in-chief, later extended to the vice president as well by the 16th Amendment. So, the legal term of art comes from political philosopher Emmerich de Battelle, whose treatise The Law of Nations greatly influenced our founders when drafting the Constitution. In fact, not only was it Vittel's political treatise, not only was his political uh, book, uh, The Law of Nations, on the table at the conventions, but the founders gave it a shout out in the Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 10. Okay? Offenses against the law of nations. So, they took the term directly from Vittel's book. All right. So what's going to happen? Who's going to be the vice president? I think we're going to have to wait and see. Is it going to be Carrie Lake? Maybe. Is it going to be Ben Carson? Maybe. It can't be Byron Donalds. He's from Florida, and two uh, people from Florida can't serve in the White House at the same time. So we'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, you can help unleash the truth by sharing this show with others. And now... I'm going to ask you to follow Unleashed every evening, 7 p.m., AmericaOutloud.news. This is Bruce Robertson for Unleashed on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow 
with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use CofixRx because it works. Welcome back to Unleashed, the political news hour. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson. Before we left for the break, um, I was asking the question, why does the progressive left have these policies of open borders uh, why do they have these destructive policies we just saw the death of a young white 22 year old nursing student killed by an illegal immigrant a crime of opportunity horrible violent crime but why why are these policies in place it's policy folks this is not an accident okay People come flooding in, and the government bribes them with government handouts. Why? To cultivate future voters, who are then easy to manipulate and control. Except the government has no money, other than what is squeezed and confiscated by the fruits of our own citizens' labor. So, in essence, we are unwillingly paying for our own replacements in society. And the best part is, when the government goes broke, and they always do when they have these inflationary spending programs and fiat currencies, when the government goes broke, they appropriate, print, and borrow, and appropriate, print, and borrow more and more in an unending geometric spiral until we are all impoverished by inflation and we all become indentured servants or dependents of the state. This is the path from democracy to tyranny. When governments figure out that they can bribe half the population with the other half's money, and then they find out that they can bribe they can open the borders and bribe the illegals that come in with the other half's money as well. I call it the great replacement. When it became clear the progressive leftists were losing traction among their own voters, 
they open the borders to bribe and cultivate new ones. And the population of cities where these new future voters are sent will reconfigure the political map and it will create more representatives in the House of Representatives, which is based on district populations, of course. So that seems to be the game plan. There's only one problem. Unlawful voting is a deportable offense. Okay. I uh, I had this article come across my desk by a lawyer by the name of Ed Schulman. Um, it was posted in a publication called Immigration Law. And, you know, it was published about six years ago. But, it, you know, he's, he's absolutely correct about this. Only United States citizens are permitted to vote. Now, New York just lost a big case trying to let people, un illegal aliens, vote in local elections. New York lost the case. Fortunately, my friend Vito Fasella, the uh, borough president of Staten Island, and some of his other Republican friends, yes, there are Republicans in New York, folks. I knew many of them when I was up there. Um, but kudos to Vito Fasella for standing up and protesting this attempt to get illegals to vote. And they won the case. Okay. Now, it's probably going to be appealed. We'll see. But under current immigration laws, non-U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, green card holders, undocumented immigrants, asylum seekers, and refugees are not eligible to vote in any federal, state, or local elections. In fact, it is actually a federal crime to do so. And there are extraordinarily harsh consequences for unauthorized voting. According to the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996, well, that's a mouthful. They call it the they call it the IIRIRA. The Illegal Immigrant Reformed and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996. It says, quote, any alien who has voted in violation of any federal, state, or local constitutional provision, statute, ordinance, or regulation is deportable. The Board of Immigration Appeals confirmed this in a precedent decision, finding that a non-citizen is removable under the Immigration and Naturalization Act, Section 237, subsection A, subsection 6, subsection capital A, regardless of whether the alien knew that he or she was unlawfully voting in violation of 18 U.S.C. section 611A. So he's deportable whether he knew he was voting illegally or not. Matter of Fitzpatrick, 26 INN, December 559, BIA 2015. Sadly, there are very few options of relief for people in this situation. Now, this lawyer is apparently a liberal, okay? He's apparently a Democrat who feels sorry for the uh, people breaking our laws to come here, even when they vote. So he says, sadly, there are very few options of relief for people, even if the intended Im immigrant, the intending immigrant, 
has decades of legal precedence in the United States, no criminal record, and extensive family ties here. Given the seriousness of unlawful voting and its potential result in deportation, any non-U.S. citizen should thoroughly review and discuss their history and background with an immigration attorney. I guess this guy's an immigration attorney. Most of, the, most of those guys are liberals. I've known a few of them when I was in New York. And, you know, they want to stay in business, so of course they want the illegals. Um, especially before any type of immigration application is submitted to USCIS. Well, sometimes intending immigrants choose to complete their immigration applications on their own in order to save money. Regrettably, this can result in errors that can place immigrants at risk with harsh penalties. There are also occasions where green card holders are in situations where they're asked or encouraged to register to vote by election officials or governmental entities. Ah. So even in 2017, illegals were being approached and asked to vote, register to vote and vote. Well, we knew that. They're given driver's licenses and they're signing them up with voter registration right at the motor voter place. Okay? Inappropriate voter registration may occur in multiple settings, including at the DMV, he says, during the issuance of driver's licenses. Well, didn't I just say that? Oftentimes, the non-U.S. citizen might be accidentally, he says, lured into registering to vote or voting, actually voting, because of motor voter. The federal law that directs some states to incorporate a voter registration option when accepting applications for driver's licenses and state identifications. Well, when I moved to Florida, I was asked if I wanted to register to vote when I got my new Florida driver's license. I was at motor vehicle. They didn't ask me if I was a U.S. citizen. They didn't ask me for proof of I, uh, you know, citizenship. All they asked me for was my former driver's license. So I had a New York driver's license, and I gave it to them, and they traded it in for a Florida driver's license, and they registered me to vote in Florida. Easy, right? Invariably, the accidental voter or registrant is led to the voter registration process by the blind robotics of the motor voter protocol. Well, blind robotics, how about the fact that they've got like, you know, McDonald's people working at the counter at Division of Motor Vehicles? I mean, it's, you know, it's just, they're just there pushing paper. They need staff and, you know, I get it. Okay, everybody needs a job, but, uh, you know, they're not required or trained to ask for proof of citizenship. Critically, part of the process of registering to vote is signing a form that confirms the fact that you're a U.S. citizen. So they don't ask for proof of citizenship. You just have to sign. Okay. Ignorance is not considered an excuse. And I'm sure, just like with uh, gun registration and, and uh, you know, uh, concealed carry license and all that kind of stuff, you know, people sign that say that they're not drug users. Well, we know even the president's son lied on his form. He lied on his application. Okay. He was a drug user. And uh, that would have prohibited him from owning a gun. But he got one anyway. So, 
even if the individual is led to believe that they're eligible to register, it's up to the immigrant to educate themselves. So here we go. About the fact that they are disallowed the voting and registering privilege until they become a United States citizen. So it's up to the immigrant. Yeah, let's leave it up to these immigrants. These people have a, uh, they're lucky if they have a second or third grade education, some of them. They don't speak the language. Uh, you know, they're here illegally. Uh, what else could possibly go wrong? Claiming to be a U.S. citizen will make a person fall into a category of ground of inadmissibility for citizenship. That is unwaivable, this liberal attorney says. So how can Democrats ever square what they're attempting with illegals right now against this seasoned piece of legislation from 1996, the IIRIRA, the Illegal Immigrant, no, the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act. You know, they name these things so nobody remembers what they are. Remember this. Illegal immigrants can't vote. That's what the act said. Not allowed to vote. So lastly, I've got about seven minutes left. Uh, lastly, I'd like to know who Trump, I'm sure you, you would all like to know as well, who will Trump select as his vice president? Well, I was just in a lunch with uh, Roger Stone this week. And uh, you all know Roger Stone. He was advisor to President Trump. He was also advisor to Richard Nixon. And he was, uh, you know, a campaign advisor and political advisor to uh, 22, I believe, 22 other campaigns since Richard Nixon. Uh, Stone is a seasoned veteran of politics. And he's quite a brilliant man, despite what the media makes him out to be. In fact, he just recently, he said, uh, you know, during this whole thing where they tried to arrest him and they stormed his house, it created such a crisis in his life that he gave his life to Christ. And I believe him. He did do that. And uh, so this is another reason to get behind Roger Stone. Um, some people are kicking around the idea uh, of who Trump might select as his vice president. And Roger Stone uh, brought up the idea that, you know, maybe uh, Tulsi Gabbard might be a VP choice for Donald Trump. Now, I raised an objection to that at the luncheon, and uh, Roger was very fair and balanced, and he said, you know, you know what? It, you make a very good point, Bruce. And uh, we're going to discuss it a little more. We're going to have coffee or dinner together sometime in the very near future and discuss it further. But I would like to offer some results that I shared with Roger a little bit from my considerable research on the subject conducted over the last 40 years. Okay. And this specifically Tulsi Gabbard, but it could apply to anybody else who's not eligible, including Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy. I've uh, addressed these issues in former programs. Um, Ted Cruz is not eligible. John McCain was not eligible. Uh, Barack Obama was not eligible. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> Kamala Harris, not eligible. And there's a few others too. Bobby Jindal. Um, Tulsi Gabbard is not 
a natural born citizen of the United States. Okay? Full stop. Under Article 2 of the United States Constitution, you have to be a natural born citizen to serve as president, and the vice president is held to the same standards under the 16th Amendment. Okay? Full stop. Tulsi Gabbard was born in Samoa. People born in American Samoa, which is a U.S. territory, are known as U.S. nationals. They pay U.S. taxes, they have American passports, but they can't vote or run for elected office outside of American Samoa unless they apply for and are granted U.S. citizenship. But even then, they are not natural-born citizens, so they can't run for elected office, office above senator or governor. Okay, they can be senators, they can be representatives in the House of Representatives. Uh, those uh, positions don't require someone to be a natural-born citizen. But president and vice president do, and they are disqualified from doing so. Anybody from Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico um, is not a natural-born citizen of the United States. The USCIS, that's the Immigration Handbook, okay, the Embassy Handbook and the Immigration Handbook, a uh, consulates uh, use this handbook. It says a person can become an American citizen in one of two ways, by birth or by naturalization. A person may be born a U.S. citizen either by jus soli, which is Latin. It means born on the soil. In other words, through the place of birth on the soil of the nation or by jus sanguinis. That's Latin, which means by blood. In other words, through descent from his or her parents. So you can inherit your citizenship from your parents, or you can uh, be born a U.S. citizen by the soil, according to USCIS. But here's the, here's the rub here. A natural-born citizen is not just a citizen. It's a special class of citizen, which is a stricter standard of citizenship held for only two offices in the United States, president and vice president. And the reason is loyalty and uh, the, the possibility of foreign influence could be so strong in those two positions that our founding fathers saw it in their infinite wisdom to uh, propose a higher standard for, uh, for uh, qualification for those offices. A natural born citizen is a special class of citizen who has both juice soli and juice sanguinis, okay? So it's blood and soil, soil and blood, not just one. You have to have two parents that are American citizens at the time of your birth, and you have to be born on the soil of the nation. Now, Tulsi has two out of the three. Tulsi's parents were both American citizens at the time of her birth. But they had to apply with the Samoan consulate to make her a U.S. citizen. It's not automatic just because your parents are citizens when you're born on technically foreign soil. So she has jus sanguinis, but being born in Samoa, she had they had her parents had to prove that to let her be a citizen. But then being born in Samoa doesn't give her jus solis. She's not born on the soil of our nation, because Samoa is not an incorporated territory of the United States. So this makes her a statutory citizen, not a natural born citizen. And natural born citizens are a special subset of citizens who are born on the soil of the fifty states to citizen parents who have no other loyalties 
to any foreign sovereignty or nationality, being born on the soil strengthens the protection against possible foreign loyalties. And this is exactly what our founding fathers intended. A stronger check, as John Jay wrote to George Washington, against potential disloyalty in the office of our commander-in-chief, later extended to the vice president as well by the 16th Amendment. So the legal term of art comes from political philosopher Emmerich D. Vattel, whose treaties, The Law of Nations, greatly influenced our founders when drafting the Constitution. In fact, not only was it Vattel's political treatise, not only was his political uh, book, uh, The Law of Nations, on the table at the conventions, but the founders gave it a shout out in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 10. Okay? Offenses against the law of nations. So, they took the term directly from Vittel's book. All right. So, what's going to happen? Who's going to be the vice president? I think we're going to have to wait and see. Is it going to be Carrie Lake? Maybe. Is it going to be Ben Carson? Maybe. It can't be Byron Donalds. He's from Florida. And two uh, people from Florida can't serve in the White House at the same time. So we'll have to wait and see. In the meantime, you can help unleash the truth by sharing this show with others. And now, I'm going to ask you to follow Unleashed every evening, 7 p.m., AmericaOutloud.news. This is Bruce Robertson for Unleashed on America Out Loud Talk Radio.